Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. So I want to talk this morning um, about something with, that I'm calling the, the rhythm of life, or rhythms of life. And um, this is a little phrase I, I invented, right? So it's not, it's not a Bible phrase. But um, I was thinking during the pandemic about how um, our regular rhythms and routines had all kind of been thrown up in the air. And, um, and I found for myself that I had to choose to find a new rhythm of life. And um, for, for almost all of us, our rhythms and routines changed last year for, for various reasons. And although many of us would like to think, hey, we're kind of free spirits, you know, we're not tied down by routine. Actually, we are. And... Um, you know, we, we, we sleep at night and get up in the morning. And if we're parents, then, then our routine is very much geared around nine o'clock and three o'clock, you know, the school day and, uh, and things that need to happen at certain times. And we, we all have our rhythms and routines in, in life. And, uh, you know, in between times, we're, we're meeting people normally and socialising with people and travelling to places. And it's all part of what it is to be alive, you know, the rich tapestry of life, as some would say. And um, when, when the pandemic restrictions hit, some of those things just got completely tied down. And we were finding that our regular rhythms were defunct. And we had to create some new ones. And, um, you know, I really felt that quite keenly myself. A real, a real big one for those of us who follow Jesus is um, missing out on Sunday gatherings, and then realising that we're less spiritually healthy because of it. You know, because we're not regularly coming under the word, because we're not regularly encouraging one another. And you know, we, we do our very best, and we did really well online, but it's not the same as being together in person. And I was surprised for myself how short a length of time it took to start to become a bit spiritually dull. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one in that, in that category. And, and in fact, so, some of that is kind of, it, it, it really establishes what we know already about the importance of gathering. We would say we should gather together to encourage one another to come under the word together. And um, we say, oh, that's good. And actually, when it doesn't happen and we feel less sharp because of it, it's like, Oh, yeah, that was true. <laughs> that really was true. We, we do become dull. We do become less sharp when we are not in an environment where we are regularly being discipled. So where should we turn to in Scripture for help as to how we create good and helpful and healthy rhythms for our lives? And actually, that's all over the scriptures. This, this is God's word to us. This is God's word to us describing how we should live lives that honour him, how we should love him, how we should put him first. And, and it's all through the scriptures. But today I want to turn us particularly to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to put the words on the screen. I'm going to read first of all from Proverbs chapter 1 and then a little bit from Proverbs chapter 3. So either look this up Look at the screen, or if you choose to, close your eyes and listen. Because I think, I think this, is, this is powerful 
um, powerful words that God has given to his people. So Proverbs chapter 1. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And that's, that's the introduction to the book of the Proverbs. And uh, what it's telling us is, hey, there's stuff here that God wants to say to us that is wise and is important for us in living out our everyday lives. Let's turn the page to Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to read a slightly longer bit. And, um, and after that, I'm not going to talk about this chapter so much as just talk about a few things in my life that I've observed that I think will be helpful for us as we come to consider the rhythms and routines of our life. So Proverbs chapter 3. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them round your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favour with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as the father corrects a child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding, for wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand, and riches and honour in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths, all of her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. What an amazing chapter that is. Proverbs chapter 3. Do you notice the, the instruction and then the promise? The instruction and then the promise all the way through. It's talking about never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Then you will find favour. 
Yeah, trust in the Lord with all your heart and, and he will show you which path to take. Honour the Lord with your wealth and then he will fill your barns with grain and so on. It, it's promise, uh, promise, promise, promise. And there's got to be something in here for us that is going to be useful and instructive as to how we are to live our day-to-day lives as we're trying to feel our way back now, I hope, into um, life, life without lockdown, life where we're trying to get back to some kind of normality. You know, normality might be different to what it was in the past, but, but back to some kind of normality. And I've, I've been pondering a lot over this last year what it means in um, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, to in all your ways acknowledge him. On the screen, we've got um, four different uh, translations of the same text. Some of them we'll be quite familiar with. Others are quite instructive in just putting a slightly different word in there. But um, yeah, he will show you which, which, uh, which path to take. Uh, you know, seek his will in all you do. And uh, the second one, in all your ways acknowledge him. Third, think about him in all your ways. Yeah, in all your ways submit to him. So this is all clues as to what it means to acknowledge God in, in all of our ways. And sure, um, acknowledging God must, must mean I speak to him in prayer. And it must mean I read his word. And it must may, mean that I play my part in the church in fellowship with other believers. But I do also believe it means much more than that. Yeah, acknowledging God in all my ways has an impact on my career choices. And it has an impact on my family life and my parenting and my marriage and my finances and my character. And I have to tell you that I am still very much learning how to, in all my ways, acknowledge him. I'm, I'm not speaking here this morning from a place of saying, well, I've been there and done that and I think I've cracked it. Because, um, because that wouldn't be true. And uh, I, I'm quite keen to break this, um, break this myth that once you're in any kind of church leadership, then, uh, then all the problems of, the life, of life are behind you. <laughs> and you're now floating on some kind of cloud through life where nothing touches you. That's not true. And, um, and learning to acknowledge our Lord in all our ways is a work in progress. And I believe it will be a work in progress for the rest of my life. Yeah, there's constant refinement and questioning yeah. needed. And this last year has given us quite an opportunity, hasn't it, to, to, to think a bit deeper. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but I think my experience has been that pre, pre-lockdown, we had quite a, quite a full schedule in terms of um, being together as church. And um, it's very easy to race to one thing and race to the next thing. And uh, it's only when you stop and realise what it is you're missing and why you're missing it. And because it's missing, what you need to do about it, that some of these things start to come a bit more alive and a bit more real. So there are a few things I want to share with us this morning that, that I have noticed that I think will be helpful for us to think about as we each start to talk about how we shape the rhythm and routine of our daily life. And here's the first one. Our culture very much holds up busyness high as a status symbol. It really does. 
If you say to them, how are you doing? I'm busy. And the world says, there is a man or a woman who is fulfilled and satisfied in every way. <laughs> and they're really important <laughs> because they're so busy. <laughs> yeah? And that is very much a cultural thing. And, and sometimes we describe ourselves as being busy just to fulfil our sense of who we are. <laughs> yeah? And I'm not doubting for a minute that life throws lots at us sometimes and we are juggling situations. That happens. But, you know, I think there are things we can do not to revel in the busyness. Mm. I am my own boss these days, but I'm speaking for something that happened when I was younger. When I was younger, there was always an inclination to get to work first and to get away last because you want to be seen to be busy and important. Yeah, you're making your way. You're trying to show that you're keen. And therefore, you're going to, you're going to be there and you're going to fill some time. <laughs> um, not necessarily productively, but it's because you want, you want the boss to see that you've turned up early. And you want your colleagues to see that you're working late. And actually, what it is, it's pride. And it's an idol. And um, so just go back to what I said a minute ago. We don't doubt that life throws lots at us sometimes. But we must stop reveling in that. (laughs) Being busy is not a hallmark of success. It's it's a hallmark of not having capacity for the things that we should be turning our attention to. One of the things I know from my experience is the fuller my life gets, the harder I find to spend time with God. And actually, in, in the church, you know, how are you? I'm busy. Ah, oh, you're struggling to find time with God. That is, yeah, in my experience, and I don't know whether I'm the only one in the world like this, but I doubt it. In my experience, time spent quietly with God is always the first thing that goes when life gets hectic. Busyness, it's not a good rhythm for life. Here's something else I've learned. It's to do with choosing to be a worshipper. Someone once said, I like this, he said, said that there are two great times um, to worship God. The first time is when you feel like it. And the second time is when you don't. And, uh, and actually, that is great advice, isn't it? Worship God whenever you feel like it, but actually worship God when you don't. You know, worshipping God is nothing to do with being a great singer or having great musical talent. But it's everything to do with having a heart trained to acknowledge God. It's a good rhythm for life. You know, God, he doesn't need our praise in order that we big him up a bit and that he feels a bit better about himself. You know, he was feeling a bit flat in the morning, but then the church sang to him, and he goes, oh, okay, it's not so bad after all. That's not our God. We don't praise God to make him feel better. God wants us to praise him in order that we acknowledge who he is and acknowledge who we are. <laughs> God needs our praise because it reminds us 
who he is and who we are. It's a training exercise. You know, a few times in, in the scriptures, God will talk about um, training yourself to fear the Lord, learning to fear the Lord. Talks about that in Deuteronomy, particularly in respect to bringing the tithe. You know, d- d- doing this will teach you to fear the Lord your God. We need teaching. We need to teach ourselves to fear God and to put him first. The non-worshipful life is actually a hole yes. from which only Jesus can pull us. A few years ago, my daughter got married and uh, I had to give my first and only father of the bride speech. <laughs> and uh, I wrote out what I wanted to say and... Uh, yeah, and there were there some things in there I want to say that were really important. And, uh, you know, that were likely to be a little bit emotional. And Sharon gave me some great advice. She said, have you read this out loud yet? And I said, no, I've not. I've not read it out loud yet. You should go and read it out loud. And uh, she said, because you need to listen to yourself saying those words. That was so important. You need to listen to yourself saying those words because uh, you know, the first time you come to, I came to read it I, I got to the little passage I thought oh this is pouring out my heart it's like oh, <laughs> oh I'm not sure I can do that but actually once you've started to listen to yourself saying those words you, you know, I can do this and you can deliver what you want to say uh, with clarity and, uh, and without a little wobble in your voice yeah, and uh, that's really important. Listen to yourself saying those words. That come, that's what we should do when we come to worship God. Even when we're worshipping God on our own, listen to yourself saying those words. Yes. Yeah? Praise God out loud. Yeah. Yeah, there are times in my life where I have found myself to be um, mute before God. You know, I've had a heart that thinks I want to praise him and a mouth that doesn't want to comply. <laughs> that's really unhelpful <laughs> we just need to get over ourselves sometimes <laughs> and choose to have a mouth that complies with what's inside our heart and even on the days that we don't feel like it have a mouth that complies with what God has shown us in our hearts it's a good rhythm for life Here's the next thing I'm observing. If we're followers of Jesus and we're called to be part of the church, then we need to create time in our routine and our rhythm of life to serve and be part of the church individually and as a family. I believe the church of Jesus Christ is already beautiful. (laughs) And it's going to become increasingly beautiful. Ephesians 4 talks about a people growing in every way, more like Christ, mature in the Lord, healthy and growing together in love. And, you know, life can seem so busy sometimes. And this is an area that we need to grow in together because it takes effort and it takes sacrifice to build community. You know, we've we've started this congregation in Market Harbour from a standing start. And it takes effort and sacrifice to, to build community life together. But we want to see something in God that we want to pursue together. Not one or two of us pursue, but 
oh, we've captured it together and we're going to chase after it. And we want to cherish and guard our unity and our love for one another really jealously. Ephesians 4 starts with this command. He says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. The body of Christ throws together people from all walks of life and all sorts of backgrounds and not necessarily people you'd normally gel with completely. Quite a few years ago now, I was, um, I was put in a life group with a guy I just found really awkward. And I didn't know him very well. But I went, turned up the first time, I just found it a bit awkward, a bit, oh, I'm not sure we can get on. But um, I didn't tell him that. <laughs> but we, we both persisted. And a great, great friendship blossomed out of that. But this is why Ephesians 4 says, yeah, be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults, you know, and I'm, I'm not suggesting in here, he was the only weird one, it was probably, probably as much me as him, but, uh, but you know, we, we, we need to work hard at being united together. We need to look for ways together to, to serve one another, um, individually, but as families as well. Yeah, in, my, in my life, my own experience, uh, yeah, it, it's been good to include my children when they were younger. In, in coming to help me serve in some ways, if it's stacking some chairs or setting something up or whatever it is. But um, it, it's something that brings encouragement to the family and it sets a great pattern for what it is to be a follower of Jesus. We serve one another and we serve Jesus Christ our King. And as we meet together, the, uh, and uh, together as believers, we're kind of reminded that in the early church, in the book of Acts, it talks about a rhythm of life. It said that they met together in a temple courts and from house to house. That was a rhythm. It was a routine. It's what they were doing. And, you know, gatherings big and small are opportunities for us all to be fed spiritually. Opportunities for us all to be uh, um, discipled, to be apprenticed by Jesus I just want to say again, we're, we're all constantly being discipled and apprenticed by Jesus. You know, I, I'm, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want, to be, I want to be apprenticed by him. I want him to teach me how I can live my life that honours him the best in order that I become more like him. Yes. And I'm going to be an apprentice of Jesus to the day I die. <laughs> I'm not going to get to the point of saying, well, I've cracked it now. <laughs> and, um, you know, and our job is to disciple one another in the church. Here's something else I've observed. It's to do with being faithful in the small things. Rhythm and routine for life. You know, in some seasons of life, we might feel that we don't have very much to offer one another in the church. We don't have much to contribute, much to bring. And we do appreciate that some seasons of life, particularly when children are very small, you know, it's, you've got pressures on you then that are different when they've grown up a bit. But we can all bring what we do have to bring. Yes. We don't have to count ourselves out because of some past failure or because we feel insignificant. You know, I'm not like him, I'm not like her. 
or because our area of service kind of feels mundane and a bit ordinary. You know, in the body of believers, there's no such thing as a mundane job. You know, we all have everything that happens when we serve one another is happening for a reason. It's because it's important. And here's something else, and it's what I observed first of all, really, making space to spend time with God. In my own experience is when life gets full, that is always the bit that gets the squeeze put on it. It's a challenge for everyone. It's a challenge for me now. And I've been following Jesus since I was 11, so it's a good 20 years ago. And... um, But our Father, he wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want us to come to him out of um, yeah, duty or out of guilt. You know, imagine if our own son or own daughter came to us, not because they wanted to spend time with us, but because someone had sent them. <laughs> or because they were feeling bad about not having seen us for a while and thought they'd better turn up and clear off again as soon as possible. And our Father in heaven is the same. He wants us to come to him because we're seeking relationship with him. I'm sure he doesn't want us to talk to him for five minutes at the start of each day and then not think about him again until the beginning of the next day. That doesn't sound much like a relationship to me. My own experience, I work from home and um, my office is at home. Uh, When the children were at home, it was always you know, quite a lot going on. Um, I always struggled to find time to be quiet in the house. You know, there was a phone ringing, there was a you know, question being asked, there was some demand on me. And uh, I, I started going outdoors to walk and pray. And it, I found that was a great rhythm and routine for me. And it won't be the same for everyone. You know, you, we're all different, there'll be, but there'll be something that works well if we choose to find a place that helps us um, maintain our relationship with our Father as best we can. You know, some experts think that it takes 66 days for a new behaviour to become a habit. That's, that's kind of the average. I don't know who works this stuff out, but... But, but someone does. I read it on the internet, so it's, it's true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's, that, that's, that sounds about right, doesn't it? It, it, it? We need to have a discipline in our lives. Not all disciplines are unhelpful. Some disciplines are really helpful. And we need to develop some good habits so that we are in good rhythms and routines. This is the kicker for me has been the kicker for me. It's so important. It's what I want us all to remain, uh, remember <laughs> this morning. The thing that I found most helpful in developing a rhythm for life that helps me to be a follower of Jesus is being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I learned the hard way that I can't be a follower of Jesus just by my own efforts. And um, there was a time in my life when I, the, the penny dropped. <laughs> and I pursued uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit 
with all of me. You know, I, I read and prayed and chased after God because I was thirsty. You know, John 7, Jesus shouts, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and I will give you living water. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, you know, following Jesus in our own strength will only bring disillusionment and disappointment. Just make us grumpy. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. You know, when Jesus left this earth, he said to his disciples, yeah, I'm going to go, but I'm sending another. He's the counsellor. And to the disciples, it was, well, the Holy Spirit coming is, is just as good as Jesus being here. I believe that. Yeah. It wasn't, I'm going, and for a while, you just got to make do with the Holy Spirit till I come back again. That isn't what Jesus said at all. He said, it's good that I go, because now I'm going to send you another. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. It's as good as Jesus being with us. And the Holy Spirit helps us to be followers of Jesus. In the Gospels, it's interesting that when people met Jesus, when they encountered Jesus, they they responded generally in three ways. One was with fear. It was like, get out, get away, don't come back. One was with hatred. We don't like what you're saying. And one was with, oh, we have seen something in Jesus that we're now going to be all out for and chase after with our whole lives. We don't read about people in the Gospels encountering Jesus and going, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, whatever effect Jesus brings out, it's a strong feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's either get away, or I hate you, or I'm going to give myself to you. <laughs> I want to be a man whose rhythm of life yeah. is all about giving myself to Jesus. So those are just the things I wanted to share, just from my own experience today, that I hope will be helpful, hope will stir us up. You know, I and, and, and we, Sharon and myself, are, have been talking a lot about our own rhythms of life. And, and some of them we've, we've found that we're able to put into place. And others we're still working out how to do. Uh, and I believe this will always be a work in progress. But in our own context here, we've got a time of mission coming next year. And I agree with Stephen, it'll be a significant time in the life of this church. But we want to share with other people what we already have ourselves. We can't lead other people to somewhere we've never been. Now is the time for us to establish rhythms and routines in our life that are going to help us be wholehearted followers of Jesus. You know, we can help one another in this. We can ask someone to be accountable to us. We can say to a trusted friend, perhaps someone in a life group or, um, or, or a close friend, hey, this is what I'm struggling with and I'm not happy with that. Can I be accountable to you? And we talk about how we put a rhythm and a routine into life that's going to help us uh, follow Jesus even more wholeheartedly. And let's ask the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us and the counsellors. Let's allow him to walk alongside us. 
know the words of what we call the grace, don't we? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until, I think it was Arna pointed it out a few years ago when he was with us, Arna Skargan, just describing the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, you know, the walking along with. Yeah? Yeah. It's not like some airy-fairy fellowship. It's like, literally, I'm walking in step with the Holy Spirit. That is something we want to strive for and enjoy together, isn't it? That's what I have today. Why don't we pray together before uh, we go and find the children? Father, I want to thank you that there is wisdom to be found in your word. I want to thank you that when we read the, uh, the chapter in Proverbs about acknowledging you in all our ways, it comes with a promise that you will direct our paths. And Father, we want to know what it is individually and as a people, as a body, to acknowledge you in all our ways, to submit to you, to seek you first in everything we do. And Holy Spirit, I want to ask that you help us now to do that. That where we have found ourselves to be um, uh, dull and, uh, and, and not very sharp, that we will um, that we'll become sharp and shiny again. Holy Spirit, would you lead us now into some rhythms of our life that are going to be full of grace, full of power, full of accomplishing all it is you would have us do as part of our families and part of this body here. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.